Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. You know, I'm so pumped today to be starting a brand new series. Who can believe it's summertime already? Snells, don't duck out early. I know it's sunny up there. Stay in church all the way to the end. Don't run to the beach. Uh, But I can't believe that it's summertime already. And we are three and a bit weeks away from Christmas where we celebrate the greatest event in human history, and that's Jesus coming to earth to begin a story of our buyback from where we are into a relationship with God. And we've earmarked and decided that we're gonna focus on one word this whole month, and that's the word peace. Peace on earth. And I wonder when you hear the word peace, what picture comes to your mind? Like what is it that you think about when you think about peace? I know for all the new parents in here, your idea of peace will be that one night, the magic night, months into your parenting journey where the child sleeps for five hours straight. Come on, you you know you're a new parent when five hours of unbroken sleep feels like a week in Hawaii, right? You know You know you're a new parent. Maybe you're Alan Mills and your idea of peace is when New Zealand unlocks the Tesla auto drive and you can just press a button, it can drive you to work. One of my pictures of peace is driving to work on the motorway, no traffic. Here's a double down on peace. No roadworks, no traffic. But I wonder what you think of. What's your mind conjure up when you think of peace. Here's my ideal peace right here. This is a picture of my ideal peace. It's Amanda and I, no kids, if you're watching, not sorry, on a tropical island, overlooking a sunset, dreaming about the future. That's my idea of peace. Wonder what your idea of peace is, because the word peace is so common in most just about every language and we talk about like peace treaties and times of peace and times of war and in the Bible the word peace can certainly talk about the absence of war but it's so much more than that. The word peace is so much more than the absence of something external but it's the presence of someone who in the midst of whatever it is we're facing we can find a sense of peace. You know in the Bible there are two words for peace. There is The Hebrew word, which is in the Old Testament, I have to go Hebrew because Pastor Ben did two weeks on the Bible, so I feel like I have to lift my game. He's got to lift, I can't just tell some stories up here. I've got to bring some like Hebrew and Greek and stuff and lift my game. Uh, In the Bible, there's two words for the word peace. There is the word shalom. And the Greek word for the word shalom is eriri. And those words mean so much more than the absence of war. They mean a picture of completeness and wholeness. And I've got to tell you, it takes more than five hours sleep, it takes more than Tesla unlocking something, and it takes more than a sunset on a tropical island to bring a sense of completeness and wholeness. But I'm here to let you know that the one who came, the one who we celebrate at Christmas is the real shalom. He can bring wholeness and peace regardless of the circumstance. You know, the most basic meaning of the word shalom can re the picture that the, the Jewish people thought about when they heard the word shalom was a, a whole rock with no cracks, no breaks, and no jutted edges. 
Another picture is a stone wall. You ever seen a stone wall? A couple of doors down from my house, they're building a stone wall out the front and they take all these pieces of stone and they put it together and what looks like a pile of rubble on the side of the ground, by the time the builder's done with it, is a perfect wall with no cracks, no gaps, no, no missing pieces. Can I tell you, your, your life may look like a pile of rubble on the ground at the moment, but when the builder is finished with it, when Jesus is finished with it, he can place it into a place that looks like like a perfect, whole, complete. Judah, my son, is 12 years old. When he was four, he broke his arm. He thought it would be a great idea to go into his mother's shoe rack. And uh, she had this four-sided shoe rack. That's why you should never buy too many shoes. It's a health and safety issue for your four-year-old. So he went into her closet, took all the shoes off the shoe rack, put the shoe rack on himself because he wanted to be a transformer, put his arms through the front of the shoe rack, tried to walk down the stairs, and you can tell what happened. I pick him up and the shoe rack together to see his arm all bent out of shape. One of my children who was in shock said, do you think it's broken? Like you're not supposed to have a right angle between your elbow and your wrist. I think there's something wrong. So we take him to the hospital, we reset it. That poor little dude, four years old, they had to put so much plaster on it that when he, we put a little bed beside us uh, and when he woke up in the morning, his body and the rest of his arms, he's like, Dad, I can't lift my arm, it's too heavy. The next night I roll over and uh, I hear this. That's because he'd rolled over and cracked himself in the head with his plaster. <laughs> Happened at summertime, so we found this like sock thing that goes over your arm that was supposed to be waterproof. This kid was swimming like this. And then we're at the beach. He puts his arm up. He's like, Dad, I think I've got a problem. As he pulls it up and water runs out of the sock. That's... Do you know when something's broken, it causes all sorts of challenges. When something's not quite right, it doesn't just cause issues in the moment, but there's all sorts of complications that come with that. And I... Wonder today how many people God wants to speak to you and go, you don't have to live with the complication of all this stuff and you don't have to wait till the external is right to live in a state of peace on the internal, a state of shalom on the internal because seven weeks after Judah's arm was in a cast, we got another x-ray and it was perfect. And can I tell you, there's no better picture than when you don't have shalom, it's like having a broken arm. Can't get out of bed in the morning, crack yourself in the head. Look interesting when you swim. There's all sorts of complications, but God wants you to be whole and restored and heal and one piece and to live in this sense of wholeness. You know, shalom can refer to a person's well-being. Remember in 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you're new to church, maybe you don't know the story, but uh, there's a bunch of guys fighting a giant uh, on a field and one of the brothers was left at home with his dad and his dad said to the younger brother whose name was David, go to the, the battlefield, go to the place where the war is on and check on how your brothers are doing. In the original language, it actually says, check on your brother's shalom. In the midst of a war, check on your brother's peace. Seems like an absolute contradiction. Surely you'd have to wait till the war's over before you checked on 
the brother's peace. But the father said, in the midst of the war, make sure that their internal wholeness, their internal completeness, their sense of God has got this and God has got you is intact. Go and check on their shalom. And can I suggest today that regardless of what is going on around you, your father in heaven wants to make sure that your internal world, the settledness on the inside, the peace that you live in is intact. You're not living with a proverbial broken arm on the inside, but there is wholeness and completeness on the inside. So question, how's your shalom today? How's my shalom today? One of the things that I have admired the most of being involved as we all have in the journey that our founding pastor's on and now the journey that our senior pastor is on is to watch them in the face of some of the greatest trials. Say, I'm inside, I'm good. Now there's been some dark days, but the overall story is when I anchor my peace not on what's going on outside, but who Jesus is, that I get this sense of wholeness even in the midst of chaos. And I wonder today what God wants to do over the month of December, that we don't just celebrate a baby coming to earth, we celebrate peace. We celebrate shalom. We celebrate the fact that in the midst of a crazy world, we can live in peace on the inside. Because the core idea of shalom is this, that life is It has so many moving parts. It has so many different pieces. And when one of those parts gets out of alignment, if we are reliant on external, then our shalom is gone. But if we're reliant on the person of Jesus, then in the midst of chaos, I can have peace. In the midst of challenge, I can have wholeness. In the midst of brokenness, I can have this sense that God, you are in control. That life no longer needs to be perfect for me to live in peace. And I reckon this could be one of those series that we put in our back pocket for next year. Because even, you ever notice that the enemy, he's got, he's got one tactic, it's fear. We've just got through COVID and now all we hear about is interest rates and inflation. Can I tell you, it's not actually about COVID and it's not actually about interest rates. It's not actually about the school system. It's about the enemy wanting to take our peace and our sense of God is in control and our trust in Him that we would take our eyes off the internal and put our eyes on the external and we would be swayed by everything around us. You know, one of the basic meanings of shalom, when you use it as a verb, a doing word. See, English teacher, I did listen. When you use it as a verb and a doing word, It literally means to make complete or to restore. What is it that God wants to make complete in your world? What is it that God wants to restore in your world? And not just the practical restoration. Exodus chapter 21, where Moses gives the law to the children of Israel, the word shalom there is used 14 times in context of if someone robs from you or someone steals from you or someone harms you in a physical way, they need to make shalom. They need to make restoration. They need to make it right and complete again. But the word is so much deeper than a physical restoration. It's an internal restoration. And I reckon we've got so many people coming to the end of 2022 that we need to bring our internal world to God and say, God, I need your shalom internally. I need your peace internally. In the midst of all this, as I traverse very natural things, I need your peace internally. You know, when Jesus was birthed, he was announced as the arrival of Eriri, 
the arrival of peace, restoration and wholeness. The arrival of peace has come. The arrival of restoration has come. And it's not in external circumstance, it's in a person and his name is Jesus. Isaiah 9 verse six, for unto us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, Jesus comes as the Prince of Peace to bring peace. That you and I were created to live this human experience that in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve messed it up for all of us, we were supposed to live in this perfect relationship with God where all of our needs were met and we had a day-to-day walk. I love in Genesis chapter two, it says, and in the cool of the day, man walked with God. How cool would it be to debrief your day with God at the end of every single day? Now, babe, I love hanging out at the back and talking about our day, but if a God could turn up and we could just walk the beach together, how cool, that's what we were created to be. And Jesus came to restore us back to that place that he wants to bring peace. You know, it's important to understand peace from a holistic point of view. Are we believing for Pastor Paul's healing? Absolutely. Are we believing that Pastor Luke will have no heart issues ever again? Absolutely. Are we believing for marriages to be restored? Absolutely. For minds to be released? Absolutely. But do we have to live in turmoil so that happens? No. We can live in peace internally while we face chaos externally because our peace is not dependent on a circumstance. It's dependent on a person. Psalm 23, five says this, you, before, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my challenges. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I reckon if we could live lives, we know that God has prepared something for us, even in the presence of chaos, I used to live under this notion that for me to be okay, everything else had to be okay. That's exhausting. And it's actually not biblical. Because all of a sudden we live with this stress and pressure. I was a horrible person to live with. Don't amen. Because if your internal peace is dictated by external things, you will force and pressure and control and... But if you can go, you're not regardless of that. Now, am I believing for all that to come right? Absolutely. He died for all of that. But in the journey to get to that, I can live in peace on the inside. See, I started this with, this was my picture of peace right here. Can I tell you? I think this is actually the picture of peace right here. I can hear your confusion. Like if that's your picture of shalom, you can keep it. I don't want some raging torrent. I want some calm. If you're, if you're like that, then like me, you missed one piece in there because really if you look closely in the midst of this, there's a bird nestled in complete peace with chaos raging around and he's not waiting for circumstance to die down. He is sitting 
in a place of complete peace. Can I tell you, it is God's will for every Christian, whether you are going through a stage four cancer journey, whether you are looking at interest rates next year, whether your child is making decisions you wish you wouldn't, that while we're believing for all that to come right, that on the journey between here and there, we live in this place of peace internally because here's the big idea for today. Peace is sustained through my dependence on who Jesus is rather than the perfection of circumstance. My peace is sustained through my dependence and active leaning into who Jesus is rather than the perfection of circumstance. We can be facing external chaos, health challenge, financial hardship, relational breakdown. And though all those things are so real, but can I tell you, God doesn't want to leave you in internal chaos while you journey towards a resolution on those things. But in any moment, we can lean into not a circumstance, but who Jesus is to bring a sense of peace. In a world of chaos, how do we live dependent on who Jesus is? I'm glad you asked. I'm gonna give you three quick thoughts. Number one, choose to surrender our expectation of perfection. How do we lean into who Jesus is? We choose to surrender our expectation of perfection this side of eternity. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says this, I've told you these things that in me, not in circumstance, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Thank you, Jesus. But I have, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I love that Jesus didn't pull any punches with his disciples. Hey, wake up, guys. In this world, you're gonna have troubles. They're yet to watch him go to the cross. They're yet to go through all that stuff. And he says, in this world, you're going to have troubles, but take heart. Not that the troubles won't come, but in me, you will have peace. In the midst of trouble, you will have peace. In the midst of challenge, you will have peace. Why? Because I choose to surrender my expectation of perfection and say, God, you have your way. Remember, Right before Pastor Paul's first surgery, I got the opportunity to drive him somewhere and one of the statements that he made to me in the car and has made many a time since that moment was this. We've been entrusted to go through this journey and we're gonna find out what God is doing in it and lean into that. Do you know that you're not going through what you're going through because God has taken his hand off. You're going through what you're going through and my Bible says that he will bring good out of all things. Not that he is the author of it. He does. He's not the author of sickness. He's not the author of challenge, but he is the greatest trump card player that there ever was and in what the enemy meant to pull back, he wants to bring good out of. He wants to bring hope out of. He wants to bring fresh revelation out of. He wants to bring a death depth of relationship with him out of if we would choose to surrender our expectation of perfection. 
You know, I grew up in a pretty interesting home. I've told the story many a time. There was abuse and alcohol and all sorts of stuff. And to be honest with you, when I left home, I felt like I was given a pretty big deficit. I looked at people who grew up in a home where both parents were normal and there wasn't the abuse and there wasn't the alcohol. In pastoring people for 25 years, I've learned every family's dysfunctional. It's just a matter of what and how. But when I first got out of college, I'm like, man, God, when you restore some of this stuff, then I'll be useful to you. When I overcome some of these challenges, when I overcome some of these fears and insecurities and, and, and the feeling like I'm less than, then God, then you can use me. I remember at 19 years old, I was sitting at a youth camp. This young Indian guy would have been 12 or 13 and we were up late one night, we were sitting by the fire. He looks at me and he says, Scott, can I talk to you about something? I'm like, yeah, bud, no problem. He began to tell me his home situation, which was almost identical to my home situation. And I found myself saying to him, hey, bud, I haven't got all this together, but I do know this, that every time you say, Jesus, what's my next step? He'll show you your next step. The Bible says he is a light unto your path and a lamp unto your step. Don't worry about the next 10. What's the next one? And if you would just do the next one, then he will open up the one after that. And he said, hey, do you think, I, do you think we could talk every week? Like, yeah, but I'd love to talk to you every week. For the next eight to 12 months, I would pick him up most weeks. We'd go for a milkshake afterwards and we'd just begin to unpack. For years before that, I'd disqualified myself thinking if I could just have perfected the bad parts of my story, then God can use it. Friend, look at me. God wants to use your story right now. God wants to bring hope to others through your journey right now. If we would just give up this expectation of perfection and say, God, I'm not perfect, but here I am. Use me, work through me, bring, bring peace to my internal as I walk out the external as this go. Come on, if we would this week lean into Jesus by surrendering our expectation of perfection. Secondly, if we would choose to surrender my will for his will. If I would choose to surrender my will for his will. How do I lean into Jesus by going, not my will, but your will? Pastor Luke made a statement in his message last week that stuck with me all week. He said, I choose to focus on what's happening in me, not what's happening to me. It's been said of the Titanic that what sunk the Titanic was not the water it was floating in, but the water that got in it. And can I tell you that the storm that is raging around you does not have to be the storm that rages within you. Jesus in Luke 2, 42, he is about to face death. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prays these words, Father, I don't wanna do this. If there's any other way, let's do that. Nevertheless, not my will but your will be done. I reckon if you asked a Pastor Luke whether he would have liked a heart issue going on while his father is take, taking, uh, facing stage four cancer, he has just transitioned to be the senior leader of a fairly significant organisation. If you were to ask him, would you prefer not to have a heart issue? I reckon every day he'd be like, yep, yeah, prefer not to. But to watch him 
I prefer not this, but God, not my will. You do whatever you wanna do through this to bring your glory, your hope. I wonder today how many of us need to go, God, I'd prefer not to be here. And I'm believing for healing. I'm believing for restoration. But on that journey, I'm gonna lean into you by not my will, but your will be done. Last night, we were driving home and it was 10 o'clock at night. We were up on the North Shore. I was coming towards a traffic light and I saw a car ram into the car in front. Would have been doing 40 or 50 kilometres an hour. I see this lady get out. She's frantic. She opens the sliding door. It was a people mover. She opens the sliding door behind, pulls a baby out. As she's pulling the baby out, the car catches on fire. I get out of my car and I tell her to move away from the car and... She says, but what about my other child? There's another baby in the car. So Amanda was with me. I said to her, you go and go with Amanda. And I climb into this car and there's flames going on. There's a ba- eight-month-old just sitting there like it's on a ride at Rainbow's End, laughing and giggling away. I go around the other side of the car, try and open the door. It's locked. So I go back to the other side. I reach across and the baby capsules, which are amazingly safe, you cannot undo them when you are calm, let alone a fire happening. Leaning across the car, I unlock the seatbelt and then the little clip up here that is undone, I'm, I'm looking at flames at the, coming out the front of the car. I'm trying to unlock the thing and I feel my mind going crazy. I'd just written this message maybe that week before and just finished spending a couple of hours putting some uh, finishing thoughts to it and I remember the word shalom. I literally, I'm in a car that is on fire. Can't think straight. And I go, shalom, peace, peace, peace. Trust me, circumstance around me was anything but peaceful. I'm thinking about every movie I've ever seen. Peace, peace, peace. And out of nowhere, I remember you push the clip in, you put the button down, you open it up. I tried that, it opens up, I get the baby out and literally 10 seconds later, the entire car is engulfed. I wonder today, you might be the person that's had an accident. You might be the person that's turned up in an accident. Your family might be going stuff and you're helping journey them through the accident. Whatever it is that's going on in life, don't wait for interest rates to drop and don't look to YouTube. Lean into who the person of Jesus is to bring a sense of peace and calm and stability as you journey through life. Here's my whole message in one sentence. If you don't remember anything, remember this. Peace is sustained through my dependence in who Jesus is. Full stop. Peace is sustained through my dependence on who Jesus is. Some of us need to get off YouTube and stop looking at what's happening in the future and spend some time leaning into who the person of Jesus is. Listen, interest rates might go up and that's gonna hurt and it's gonna create some pain, but we don't have to live fearful of what's happening out there if we can anchor who Jesus is in here. God, I don't need it perfect. I just need to lean into You. God, I think there's a better way. Nevertheless, not my will your will. You ever thought you could do stuff better than God? Ask Pastor Paul. I reckon he would right now. Don't give me stage four. I reckon that'd be a better idea. But God, nevertheless, 
It's your will that we would journey through this. And I'm gonna find Jesus in it. And I'm gonna live shalom on the inside as I journey towards living shalom on the outside. Friend, today, where do you need peace? Online, at that local, where do you need peace? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the bringer of peace. He's the one that was birthed to bring peace to earth. And that wasn't a 2,000 years ago story. That's a today story. So I'd love for every one of us to stand to our feet and the team's gonna sing a song. The song's all about bringing our broken pieces to a Prince of Peace and saying, God, I need your shalom. I need your peace. And I wonder how many of us in this auditorium. If you're online and you need prayer, then reach out to our team. But if you're in this auditorium and you are living in a place that is fractured and broken and missing some stuff, and that's the thing that is causing anxiety and challenge in your world, can I encourage you, lean into who He is because peace is sustained through my dependence on who Jesus is. And we're gonna have a team down the front and we're gonna pray shalom. We're gonna pray peace. We're gonna pray an internal wholeness over you. Team, come on down. We're gonna pray an internal wholeness over you that as you journey through the challenges of life, you would be like that bird on that ledge that is chaos going on the outside, but internally I'm settled because I know who Jesus is. I'm gonna pray for you. And then we're gonna sing. And if you need prayer, I'd love for you to step out of your seat. Come on down and we are gonna declare the Prince of Peace over you. Father, I pray for every one of us in this room, every one of us online, every one of us at a local, that today we would discover shalom. We would discover an internal peace, regardless of external chaos, as we journey towards everything You have for us. God, I pray that today would be a turning point for some people where anxiety has ruled and reigned, let peace come. Where nerves have ruled and reigned, let peace come. Where fear has ruled and reigned, let peace come. In the name of Jesus. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.